up everybody welcome to the combat chain i'm patrick shaw and we have yuki lee bender with us today adam how you doing i'm doing good pat how are you i'm doing fantastic it's been uh it's been a little bit of a busy week i think for both of us you've got some uh you've had a lot of time on west coast best coast uh streams and uh Congratulations on making the playoffs. You guys are up against Galaxy Gaming, and uh, winner goes up to D one the the big time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been super exciting to uh, to broadcast. Um, what I think the series is as of. Uh, now is when the evening of Wednesday, May fourth, uh, when we're recording here. Uh, the the series is tied at one apiece. Uh, going into our next match is tomorrow on the Thursday, uh, so probably right around when hopefully this is going to air. Uh, we're going to be having our our match that's going to really determine who is going to have the stranglehold on the series. Uh, so it's super exciting. Uh, super good players on both teams. Uh, shout out to Galaxy Gaming, those guys, uh, pack a punch, and uh, yeah, we're gonna see see who can who can get the win and uh, who can get that uh, coveted relegation into Div One. Yeah, it's super exciting, and also shout out to Division T three uh, Team Three. Oh, a Division Three team. That's a lot of consonants happening. Uh, over there, the Clout Chasers, who are also uh, friends of the channel and the pod, uh, but they are also in their playoffs in D3, winner going up to D2, and uh, they are having some of their games as we record uh, uh, right now. So rooting rooting for the Clout Chasers uh, to also win and move up, uh, moving up at the division. Uh, you know, all this, uh, all this casting and uh, streaming of the games here, have you had an opportunity for any good games lately not so much uh we did this actually it was pretty fun we did this past weekend play uh, some team sealed uh so if you don't know how team sealed works uh you make teams of three uh where you assign positions in the a seat b seat and c seat and uh among to, to build your decks amongst uh, the team of amongst each of us we each opened Two packs of WTR, two packs of ARC, uh, a pack of Crew, and a pack of Everfest. So, two, four, three, six, nine. So, nine, yeah, nine packs of Welcome to Wrath, uh, nine packs of ARC, uh, three packs of Crew, three packs of Everfest. And out of that pool, uh, you have to build three decks. Uh, and you each have to actually assign like a, a, a like for the equipment and stuff or like the sideboard you have to assign like a smaller pool to each player and then uh, you play out uh, each player plays it out and you're aiming to get at least two wins amongst uh, you know it's a best of three kind of series uh, for the overall win of the round that is insane i've never heard of anything like that yeah it's a it's a fan format uh they've done it for some of the uh battle hardens uh initially it was uh nine packs of welcome to wrath nine packs of arc and then six packs of crew 
I believe was how it worked. And you build the deck out of that. Uh, we did it with, we, I think uh, we only had one box of, of crew available or something like that. So we did it, the, the three packs of, or yeah, the three packs of crew, the three packs of Everfest per team. And uh, it, it's a ton of fun. Uh team sealed like you see such interesting deck builds and you know like any hero is like practically any hero is playable the only one that's not in team sealed currently like the way we do the packs is uh illusionist uh prism right uh but beyond oh and i guess yeah the monarch and in everfest heroes but then you could even do you could do team sealed with like uh uh monarch and everfest and tails and that could be interesting too so you know the team sealed there's lots of different ways you could approach it i think and it's uh team sealed's a fun format um it's something i encourage people to check out um just just for fun uh you have to work together as a team to to like figure out like you know if you only get like we only had like a couple null rune across all three of us so we had to uh to figure out you know what's what's our uh what's our our our, how are we going to divide up this null rune how are we going to divide up this equipment you know the generic equipment how who's going to get what playing to each person's strengths and oh uh actually yeah and during my team sealed i can't i can't believe i completely forgot about this i opened a heart that's right you son of a bitch you did you opened up a heart of findel yeah that was in my first pack of welcome to wrath i uh and I, you know, I was trying to like, I, I had, sometimes like you go to like, you go to open packs and you're like, oh man, I really hope I open something good here. Like, and I find like the best packs are opened when you least expect it. And I like, I was went into this with zero expectations. I was a hundred percent like, like, holy shit. And it was like, there it was. And, uh, part of my French, uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun little surprise. That's pretty crazy. That's the third I, fable I've opened. Ooh, I remember. I've only opened. I've opened two fables in back-to-back arc boxes, and they were my first two boxes of arc that I ever opened. And it was part of one night of getting <clears throat> way back in when I went all in on Fab. I ordered a case of everything. And I ordered. I, I was on Mar. I was on the Arcane Rising boxes, and I opened up a Fable in like pack two. And then I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then when I got to the second box, I opened another one, and I was like, "Oh boy!" And I put them. I put them on TCG Player. They did not sell for what I posted. They. <laughs> I caught it right at the downturn, so oh, no. like I listed them at like five hundred a piece, and I was like, "This paid for my." Paid for my purchase. I got all my cases paid for, uh, but they stayed on. But I, they they sold eventually. I have never seen another fable, not one. I haven't even sniffed one. I don't know. I all my luck. First two first two boxes of Arcane Rising. That was it for me. Yeah, they're definitely like they they are rare, right? Like that's uh, it's what LSS intended for, and they uh, certainly succeeded in achieving that and it's still you know one of the uh the highlights of the uh world premiere tales event uh in the calling las vegas was the corsham uh opening that was yep. like it was like a highlight of the weekend was the first fable from tales it's uh, a great a great thing to do 
I, and I remember the guy who opened the first Corsham there, like he was sitting just a couple tables away from me too. And I remember, yeah, I remember hearing him like he started to, to oh. cheer or whatever. Just... And <laughs> oh, it was something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so outside the team seal there, you, uh, how's, how's the pro tour testing going? That's uh, coming along. I, I... I think I have my hero choice. I'm trying to get the reps in to like feel as comfortable on it as possible. I um I'll be honest, like I, I'm not gonna say exactly what I'm on, but I, just the 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 decision, though I'm somewhat familiar with it, I'm not um super confident on it and you know, there, there's a lot of nervousness surrounding picking up a deck you're not necessarily the most confident with. Uh, though I, I think of all the options, it's the best deck for me. And I think, okay. I think I can pilot it fairly well. You know, I, I've though with that being said, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of hard learning lessons and a lot of times where it's been like, Oh, okay. I see, I, you know, I made some dumb mistakes and I, I had thankfully opportunities to, to reflect on those and to understand. And I think they were actually really crucial mistakes that are hopefully going to make me a better player in result. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been a big uh, learning process and I I hope that it's going to mean that, you know, good things come of, uh, uh, good things come of of New Jersey, though I'm not going to say. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going into it with the the expectation of winning the whole thing or anything. I think, uh, just you know, um, I'd love to get that top thirty two. I think that's yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely something to be said, like especially when you're doing hero choices. If 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 the meta is dictating, like uh. A, a hero base that you might not be comfortable with. I always like people who pick up Starvo and pick up Michael Hamilton's list. Like <laughs> Michael Hamilton is a better guardian player than you, brah. Like I don't like, there's just, you know, if you're just picking that up for the first time, you know, it, there's no way that, you know, a guy like that, or like, you know, Cody Williams on chain or Tyler Horsepool on prism. Like those guys exist the the lifers uh for those heroes that have made it to like the top tier um it's just a, it, i always think about that like i try to pick up i'm not good at any of those heroes and i remember just trying to pick them up and I, i'm a, like i can get okay with it but i know like when i i love katsu when i play against chad spencer and his katsu it always makes me feel like i i have no idea what i'm doing and it's back to back to square one so it's intimidating to to do that i had to so i i'm winning the calling i don't know if you knew this huh, but okay I, that's 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 Perfect. what's happening on on my end um, i i have i believe i've settled on a deck i so obviously scrubbed out of pro quest um do not have a pti but i will be in new jersey uh in the calling uh and i you know what I actually feel pretty good for where I am. Maybe that's dangerous. Confidence is an awful thing. 
Um, but I, and I've got loads of it for no, it was absolutely no validation whatsoever. There's no reason for me to be as confident as I am, but I did pick my, uh, I think I picked my, my dance partner for New Jersey. Uh, I, I feel, I feel good with it. Um, I, there's no reason to hide it. So I'm on Briar. Uh, I'm on Channel Heroic Briar. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the, the foundations of Sam Dando's list. Uh, and just running, running with it. Um, I tried to pick up some of the other ones, uh, you know, Chain and Starvo and Prism. And Prism's, the Prism was the least likely uh, one for me out of the big three. That was definitely ne- never going to happen. And I picked up, <clears throat> I did pick up Starvo, uh, fix it up a little bit, and uh, it's still really good. And it still is just a terrible thing to play, in my opinion. There is something just. I don't know. It feels bad to pilot. It feels bad to oppose. Uh, you know, just having that fuse lottery. You know, it's not even. You know, they have casino Starvo, but just having that. Uh, if you know, there's like I said, Michael Hamilton's a better Guardian player than everybody who's ever played Guardian, and he's got a way to play that game that makes a whole lot of sense. But for most of us, it's uh, look at your cards. If they fuse, you win. You know, <laughs> kind of deal, and it's just a. It's not a great play pattern. Um, so it was really down. I've, uh, it turns out, when I really think about it, I've been a Runeblade player for like, you know, I consider myself a Katsu main, but it turns out I've been playing Runeblades for much longer, in fact, in in organized play than I have Katsu. And so I think Katsu is kind of like my pet deck. So with Visserai dead and gone, ugh, I have to, uh, I was down to Chain or Briar, and Chain is too weird for me. Can't make it work. Tried to make it work. Don't want to make it work. But I ran Briar from Tails pre-release all the way through to the end of, uh, through the ban list, ban list announcement for them. Um, so picking up Briar again recently uh, into this meta has felt like a, you know, kind of reigniting an old romance. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like we, we, we separated a little bit. We, we grew apart uh, and then we found each other again. And now I feel really happy playing, playing with Bay. So I I am gonna be running her into the ground. In fact, hashtag shameless plug. I have been very uh, open about finding good test games uh, to go with. So yep, yep. I put out the feelers everywhere. And stalwart Azalea player As from Go Again Gaming has stepped up to the challenge. I asked I asked for testing partners and he said I'm going to slam arrows into your face and we're going to stream it live. So this Friday night which will be May 6th Friday night as is staying up late uh around 1am his time and we are doing Briar versus Azalea and we're going to talk classic instructing we're going to have some fun uh but I told him to check it out until I'm playing Briar I want him to. I want him to cheat. I want him to shark. Uh, I want him to put me in a bad position so that uh, he makes me a better player. So we're gonna do that Friday night. And uh, you right know on. what? Ranger and Azalea. They're everyone kind of laughs until you don't respect them, and then they show up. And then Azalea can do some gross things to you. So 
Uh, I'm actually very happy to be able to get this kind of matchup in there. You know, it's, uh, I don't expect to see a ton of Azalea, but I'll be more prepared than the people who did not test against Azalea. So <laughs> well, I got that going for me. But yeah, all that being said, happy to be playing Briar. We're going to take her to Jersey and uh, looking forward to seeing you uh in jersey looking forward to yeah, see the first time uh, we'll a bunch of meet people. in person yeah yeah it was in person it'll be crazy you know what they're doing there for those not in the pro tour uh they released the kind of bearing the lead of the news a little bit but i'm just excited to see it uh team team blitz is uh a side event all weekend and there will be one on friday so i'm coming down friday uh and Ooh. i'm a I'm gonna try. I'm trying to recruit a team before we get there uh, to see if they're in. Uh, but I think my first thing that I'm gonna do down there is the team blitz event Friday afternoon. So I'm I'm unreasonably excited about that. I'd play with you if I wasn't busy with other things. Yeah, yeah. I think you got something a little little more important to worry about. Just a little bit. So let's talk some news. A uh, few things have happened since our last recording. The history packs are about to hit shelves. Uh, I believe those are coming uh, this Friday, uh, May 6th, uh, will be the release of history packs. Uh, MSRP is 139 uh, 140 I believe you can get them. Uh, I've seen them as low as 110 uh, but those are starting to hit the shelves. Uh, Adam, do you think you'll uh, you're gonna get a box? You're gonna get a case? You're gonna open some history packs? Uh, if I can get them as prize packs, I will. That's about it. I might get a box if it's if it's easy enough to get, just because I'm a degenerate and love opening packs. But I'm saving my money for uprising. But yeah, yeah so we exactly. had that. Uh, we had leading up to May second, right? I all eyes were on. Uh, the last few events here for Classic Constructed in April, uh, we had in one weekend the Calling Taiwan, we had Battle Hardened Madrid, and Battle Hardened Pittsburgh um, all firing off on the same weekend. The two Battle Hardens had uh, CC events where uh, Starvo needed to win one of those, and the Calling in order to reach living legend status uh what we what we do know is that the callings uh, i'm sorry the battle hardens were both not won by starvo i believe they were both won by prism uh players that is correct yeah it was two prism players and the calling taiwan was in fact won by a starvo player but there was definitely some controversy uh, in that finals match. Did you get an opportunity to watch the finals of Calling Taiwan? I did not see the entire thing, but I did see the clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I think what was it? Flake had it on his his uh, Twitch uh, profile. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, f- both Flake and uh, DM Armada were streaming their commentary. So they were commentating together, much like we're doing and they both streamed their ends uh on the on their respective channels as it was happening live but i believe they both clipped it and had a like a breakdown of what was happening there and it was it was slick the first time i saw it so for the audience if you're not not aware um the it was starvo versus chain in the finals uh starvo hit uh a, a super fused oak and old into chain um 
<clears throat> chain blocked a card, had three cards left in hand. Um, uh, Oakenold on hit ability reads, take two random cards uh, and place them at the bottom of your deck. So if you assign cards, uh, the three cards, one, two, and three, uh, chain presented to Starvo, cards one, two, and three. Starvo selected one and three. Chain brought his cards back together, grabbed one and three, slyly looked at the at the cards, saw something saw something he didn't like, um, and switched card one with card two very subtly and put cards two and three instead of one and three onto the bottom of his deck. Um, if you it really takes several views to really catch the catch the action but when you see it and realize what was happening it does look pretty well well practiced i am not uh, i don't think that is the first time that that person has done done that maneuver but the result of that was uh this match was stopped and judges were called and play was halted um and was not resumed until uh the feed came back and we had found out uh, both through the video and the tournament organizer actually hopped into the Twitch chat and explained that the chain player was disqualified from the match for that particular action, uh, resulting in Starvo winning the match via disqualification. Uh, so some controversy uh, overseas, and uh, I'm sure LSS is not a huge fan of seeing... Uh, the grand finale of one of a, one of their major tournaments uh, end in in that fashion, but it really is it's outside their control um, at that point. So it's hard to you know yeah. hard to blame them for that. But it is it is unfortunate. Um, there was some pretty swift uh, judgment had though. The player in question uh, has been suspended from all organized play uh, for two years, uh, so cannot cannot appear in any organized event and i i believe that's pre-releases and anything in between anything that uses a gem id i think he's out for two years what do you what do you think what do you think of uh what do you think the consequences there is a two-year suspension where where you'd like where you feel comfortable with i think this is all appropriate um yeah 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 there's some people calling for a, for like an immediate lifetime ban when something like that happens. What do you, what's your stance on something like that? How do you feel about lifetime bans, Adam? I I think people can change, and yeah, to to just damn somebody for life that seems a little harsh. Uh, I think two years is long enough to keep them out of the game for a bit and uh, make them question how important this game is to them and whether they want to you know change and no longer exhibit this behavior or not I, I, yeah i think this is perfect i agree i agree i i don't think i would have been mad with the lifetime ban i um but uh i'm not i'm i think i some sort of slap on the wrist i think wouldn't have gone gone over well either so i think that was uh that was the right move um, so the, given the results of that weekend, the Battle Hardens and the Calling all happening at once, confirming that Starvo would not reach Living Legend status by May 2nd, LSS made the scheduled banned and suspended announcement early. Effective May 2nd, Awakening is banned, Autumn's Touch is suspended until Starvo uh, becomes Living Legend, 
Bloodsheath Skeleta is suspended until Viscerai Runeblood becomes living legend, and Seeds of Agony moves from banned to suspended until Chain Bound by Shadow becomes living legend. Uh, so initially with the classic constructed moves, what do you what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the list? I think everything here is is reasonable and appropriate. Uh, the one thing I think I would have liked to have seen differently, uh, I would have rather seen Sonata get targeted rather than uh, Scalata for mm-hmm. Viscerai. Uh, yeah, definitely, I agree. I think, I, I really think uh, getting Scalata, though, though getting Scalata doesn't make Viscerai unplayable. It it, it kind of shut down some of his things that he still could do whereas Sonata like Sonata I think was like the really but like the, the Sonata Scalata interaction mm-hmm. was I think the really busted interaction I agree I think the, uh, the two of them combined were were the problem right and when they were being able to be executed and I also I also think that Revel uh should have been targeted as well i think i would have been happy with sonata or revel uh and uh i think skeleta has died for their sins this is a lot like the plunder run ban uh for uh, for me it, it has died for briar's sins um because it was really it was really the explosiveness in which you could you know, execute some of those some of those plays there uh, you know revel you know even on the tempo play uh, Revel, gain six, pop, Skeleta, Sonata out of nowhere. You know that's the that was the the thing that I think really took people over the top. Um, looking at this it, with fresh eyes, though, I do see uh, one of my sad points here was that Briar does not have Bloodshe Skeleta. But if I root hard enough for Viscerai to win and get Living Legend, she can have Bloodshe Skeleta back. So I think I just got, just right now, right now, just got on the Viscerite train all over again. He's got to win. Yeah, so um, we got to find some other busted way to make Viscerite good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, of note, Seeds of Agony uh, banned to suspended until chain, which means Seeds also can come back, just chain's got chain's to gotta get out. We know that it's broken with chain, but it tells us that there uh there's clearly some plans in the future here for shadow shadow rune blades that aren't chain that's uh the, the, you know that's a, a glimmer of a morsel of a crumb of a thing just in the off distant future uh i don't think chain's gonna be there quite yet though this is you know kind of what we're seeing here barring uh even if Starvo reaches Living Legend, the meta that we're seeing is basically the meta through June 24th, which includes another ProQuest season. The likelihood of one of these heroes that are close at the top of the meta winning a large share of the games is, will rise. And, you know, given short notices here, who knows how many callings are going to happen between now and the 24th. So it would be interesting to see if... Uh, if a chain, or I don't know where Prism is, but uh, be interesting to see how quickly it takes for some of these to come off the list at, with their heroes reaching living, living legend. Further down the list, they have Blitz announcements, Viscerai, Young Viscerai, and its signature weapon, Nebula Blade, have reached 
living legend. Oh, not the busted nebula blade. What are we going to do without that? All, all it took was one skirmish season. I don't know if Viserai had any points <laughs> at all. In Blitz? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. In Blitz. And then, and then he won 500 just uh, out of nowhere. So bl- ban everything in Blitz. That's fine. The, the Blitz was a broken, broken degenerate format. It was a two-turn kill fest, and uh, it, no one, no one was happy playing that. So it's good to see Viserai get the living legend. Uh, we do have uh, some additional bans. Awakening is banned in Blitz. Heartened. Crosstrap out of nowhere is banned from Blitz. Uh, and we have some suspensions. Seeds of Agony banned to suspended until Chain becomes Living Legend. Snapback. Adam, <laughs> Snapback. I know. Uh, is, is suspended until the next scheduled announcement following the conclusion of Skirmish Season 5. Asterix, Asterix. Skirmish Season 5 is scheduled to conclude August 22nd, 2022. And we have an idea of the pattern of organized play here coming up. Uh, Sonata Arcanics, this is what they should have done uh, in Constructed. Sonata Arcanics is suspended until the next scheduled announcement following the conclusion of Skirmish Season 5. Stir the Aetherwind. Adam, that's another one. Oh, there is just... Blow after <laughs> blow just, for Kano. Oh, out of nowhere. Kano was just sitting there eating his sandwich on the bench, and just a mob came and just punched him right in the face and took his sandwich. I just don't understand what happened here. And so we'll talk about the Blitz stuff in just a little, uh, just a second here, but the following change is effective starting June 24th, 2022, which... For those sleuths out there, is the same day that Uprising releases. <sighs> Stubby Hammers is banned. Stubby Hammers still legal now. Stubby Hammers banned June twenty fourth. What? Yeah, and I, I think the Stubby Hammers one. I, I don't know if you're if we're gonna talk about this. The Stubby Hammers one is apparently because there is some interaction in uprising that like makes stubby hammers a very reliable one turn kill and mm-hmm. as surprising as that yeah. one is to everyone yep. uh apparently mm-hmm. it's for very good reason yeah there's a, a lot of interesting things going on there the sonata i will say the sonata suspension should have happened in constructed instead of skeleton um but an interesting one because viscera is done viscera is living legend so is Sonata broken in Briar Blitz? In Chain Blitz? Is that what they're saying right now? It's a little confusing that they chose to take Sonata out uh, at the this exact moment. Yeah, um, I agree. That one surprised me a little bit as well. It makes sense on the surface when you see that. It's like, oh, Viscera got Living Legend and Sonata got suspended of course because sonata was the catalyst for broken viscerai things but viscerai has gone so uh math doesn't add up quite quite uh quite there yet uh, heart and cross strap is definitely uh a one that also seems a little from left field um if we go to 
the uh, if we go to LSS's reasoning here, they say heart and cross trap is a no question that's asked. Start in play one turn kill combo enabler. While this card has not had a glamorous existence to date, we are confident heart and cross trap will become a common centerpiece of OTK decks if it remains legal in the blitz format. In support of slowing the format down, heart and cross trap is banned. So LSS knows something we don't know. Mm, or, I mean, they, they they. when I saw that initially, I'm going, are they afraid that Reinar as is is just going to run rampant and have Abyssar eyes down? Is, it was Reinar gate-kept. <laughs> like, he was he was doing good um, in the latter half of the skirmish season here when Hayden Dale posted that list. And it does, I mean, it's good, It's and it does do its thing, but it's not often a one-turn kill. Um, but they did preview a six attack, two costs, uh, draconic card. So maybe we're looking at, you know, stubby hammers. They're okay with saying, yeah, this is because of uprising heart and cross trap. They're going, but we know it might be because of uprising. Um, Kano was the weird one for me. I guess, I guess I, it was kind of innocuous at the time because Kano has always done, what Kano does and it has always killed fast. And I felt like the rest of the format caught up a little bit uh, with it, but they say that Kano, Kano is able to end the game as early as turn one, while his win percentage across the skirmish season wasn't at a, at a level we consider problematic. We believe that forcing Kano to approach the game in a more restrained way is conducive to a better overall player experience. We are moving to suspend two pieces from Kano's repertoire to dampen his explosiveness. We will monitor the impact that this has on Kano's overall playability and review the longer-term status of these cards upon the time of the first band and suspended announcement following the conclusion of Skirmish Season 5. Once again, it makes me wonder what what LSS knows. Uh, there's got to be something there up on that we're not quite that is enabling mm-hmm. these plays. And... Yeah. I think we're getting better, you know, as as a player base uh, globally, we're getting better and better at at, at solving metas. Uh, I think there's probably some respects where LSS is still ahead of the game. I think there's some. I think there is. We are now at a point where, in some ways, LSS is reacting to the player base. But I think there is still an mm-hmm. element of LSS has some things figured out we're not aware of. It's getting a little confusing. I'm I'm looking at this from uh so you know Viscerai, I also ran Viscerai in Blitz, right? So Viscerai's just done altogether for me as a playable hero. Um and my first thought was Briar, right? Let's go back to Briar. Lightning Briar is surprisingly viable. Uh I don't care what people say. It play that in Blitz. It's still got some it it's it still got some fire, but um you know, it started with the Plunder Run ban, right? Plunder Run constructed. There, a lot of people didn't equate that Plunder Run was still legal in Blitz when that first happened. So a lot of deck designs in Blitz were you know, taking Plunder Run out of that that equation. And now you have Sonata. So Sonata is suspended in Blitz, but not in Classic Constructed. Skeleta suspended in Classic Constructed, not in Blitz. Your stir and snap da- snapbacks are suspended in Blitz, not in Classic Constructed, right? Your stubby hammers are banned at a later date. Um, 
and uh, it just adds uh it's just you got to make sure your your uh your list is open when you're building decks depending on your format and the hero uh that you're picking yeah for sure um and we do have uh so with all that being said the next scheduled ban and suspended announcement uh is June 24th uh 2022nd so barring uh a grossly meta warping a deck or hero or card that emerges out of the pro tour here um we will we will be establishing the meta and running with it until june 24th uh, with uprising release so not expect to see any changes uh until then like i said barring barring an act of god uh I don't think there's any cards right now that would uh, cause us to. I, I don't know what I don't know what would be uh, what would be suspended at this point, but it'll be interesting to see if something uh, something emerges. Uh, and I don't think it'll. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any single one card or hero here uh, that will cause that uh, them to abridge their ban announcement to something earlier. Um, so we do have that. And speaking of Uprising, Uprising is coming on June 24th, but uh, they LSS announced that the world premiere of Uprising is taking place the weekend of June 10th through the 12th, and is taking place simultaneously in three different areas in the world. We're going to have an event at Las Vegas, we're going to have an event in Madrid, and we're going to have an event in Sydney, Australia, uh, Madrid, Spain. So we're going to have world premiere events simultaneously at three locations in the world. We're going to have Las Vegas in the U.S., we're going to have one in Madrid, Spain, and we're going to have one in Sydney, Australia. During that weekend, each event will have a world premiere sealed deck event that takes place on day one. Day two, guess what's going to happen on day two? We're going to have Team Blitz calling. Ooh, spicy. All three locations. Uh, team events are, I think team events are great for any TCG. So you were, you were talking about team sealed. Uh, I'm excited for team blitz, uh, at, uh, at the calling New Jersey. Um, the team, uh, if, <laughs> if I can find my way to Vegas, I will be there. I don't know if I can, um, gotta, gotta win some, some money off some scratchies, I think to cover both New Jersey and Vegas here. But well, uh, we're gonna try. But uh, a lot of other people will be there. But Team Blitz calling action, three different locations. Uh, not playing with the Uprising cards, obviously. But uh, uh, but yeah, world premiere events have been successful. We talked about the Tales of Aria world premiere earlier. Um, these are, uh, I think they're wonderful. I think I, I love that LSS puts a lot of weight into the premiere of a set like this uh, it comes off real well uh, looking forward to see see what the what the cards look like uh, when they come out i want people to leak them like crazy we received the content creator appreciation kit <clears throat> we have now in our possession uh, a whole lot of herald of rebirth promo cards extended art herald of rebirth uh, of the rainbow varieties so we got p blue pitch yellow pitch and red pitch uh, and we have three playmats. Uh, we have the Celestial Cataclysm, Eclipse, and Doomsday playmats. A big shout out to LSS uh, for getting that to us. And uh, we will be... Um, <clears throat> do you want to talk about it or just say, 
we're gonna be well, you we I think this will be yeah, this should be up in time to hopefully catch the 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 early birds. Uh, yeah, we're doing uh, we we're already doing a giveaway on Twitter. Uh, we've got uh, we're giving away a playset uh, of the heralds uh, in all three colors. Uh, all you got to do is like, retweet, and. Uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, that's going to be, we're, we're going to do the draw for that. Uh, what May 6th, uh, Friday, May 6th at, uh, was that 5 PM MDT? That's 7 PM Eastern daylight time for us East coasters. Yes, it is. But yeah, liking and subscribe and subscribing. Uh, to our our Twitter, we'll get you the full playset. Adam insisted. I was like, "No, you're crazy. You're a madman." And then he hit me, and he's like, "No, we're gonna go through it." And I was like, "Please don't." And then he posted it anyways. So it's up there. Can't stop him. He just wants to give all these things away immediately. So it is out there. One one person, nine cards. You're just gonna get your full set right out there. It's gonna be. Uh, gonna be beautiful. I was lucky enough uh, back in the day to get a full set um, from from as from Go Again Gaming was doing a giveaway, so I got nine heralds of protection uh, from each each pitch. And uh, uh, you know, thank you, as we love you here, um, and uh, I cherish those those promos. So we're happy to uh, give those out to a member of the community, and uh, we will be. Uh, do, do you want to do patron? Do you want to talk about the patron? Well, I was just gonna just to clarify, these are herald of rebirths, though, not herald of protections. Yes, yes, yes. These these are herald of rebirth. Herald of protection was on uh, content creator one, um, the last year. Yeah, not yeah, now. They're doing herald to... of rebirth this time instead. I guess. Yes. Well, yeah, the herald, uh, were the herald of rebirths available elsewhere? I can't remember. I don't think so. No, so this is uh, just. I believe these are these are one of a kind. Ooh, so even spicier. So this is this is the first round for these promos, not the second time round like I thought it was. We're giving away the full set of Herald of Rebirths, um, and we have a uh, obviously we have a a patron uh, Patreon. Uh, and we have set up a tier on the Patreon. It is called the, uh, uh, you can be a founding link of the combat chain. Some creative genius came up with that. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, but for the first first 15 people who subscribe to our, our Patreon and uh, choose to support us in that way, we'll get uh, for free... Um, one card a full set one card each of each pitch so if you uh support us on patreon we are going to give you uh we're going to give you three of those promos uh for signing up as a as a thank you um we are still working on the uh logistics of a giveaway we want to give out the play mats uh we're gonna we're gonna organize that in a way and obviously we have more heralds to give away uh and we'll be doing that on uh various sources so uh, we do have that happening. All right, Adam. Uh, we have a very special guest with us uh, today. 
we have the one and only Yuki Lee Bender here, uh, 2021 Canadian national champion, Yuki Lee Bender. Yuki, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, definitely getting, you know, uh, I'm tired from all the testing and all the hard work with uh, getting ready for the Pro Tour, but, but you know, it's a lot of fun and, and I'm doing fantastic. So, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, watching your games uh, on the uh, the competitive team league. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. Obviously Adam's been kind of taking, taking that and just running away with it, getting those games on stream. He's done a really good job on it. Uh, we'll get into that and some other things, but no one escapes the origin story. So why don't you tell us who are you and how the hell did you get here? Yeah, for sure. And, um, and thanks for having me on, by the way, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, so in terms of uh, card games, basically, I, I originally started playing Magic the Gathering back in around 4th edition, so I think it's like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. um, it was like very at home with my family, um, at school with my friends, like super, super casual. I had no idea that organized play existed. I didn't really know that there... I knew that there were formats, but I didn't engage with them. We just kind of built decks with cards that we had. Um, I did know the rules, which I know is not necessarily always the case for people, like way, way back, because the, the rules were quite complex and people didn't necessarily fully understand the rules. And I think I had a pretty good grasp of them, and I and I really liked deck building, and, and that was kind of my thing. But it was always just like a very casual endeavor. And um, it wasn't until probably... I'd say Hearthstone that I, I kind of got into more, like I revisited it as, as an adult because I, I had stopped sort of like somewhere in the middle of high school, I had stopped playing card games and, and Hearthstone really got me to revisit it. And I kind of created that itch of like, oh, I want to get back to magic. I want to get back to magic. And um, so eventually that got me back into into magic, funnily enough, and, and I started drafting, and that was sort of like my way of getting back into that game. Um, I had never known about draft before, and it just seemed so cool, and it really kind of captured, for me, it kind of captured like some of that youth of, um, you know, you, you're excited about every card that you open, and it might be some common, mm -hmm. but it's like perfect for your deck and that that's really satisfying and and i feel like sometimes that gets lost when you're like an adult and you have disposable income and you can buy whatever singles you want it's easy to just like flip through the comments and be like okay whatever i'm done with these or not even look at them in a lot of cases like some people just shove them aside face down look at the rares okay next back so um i like that experience of opening the booster and i feel like like that's really important and limited and um and yeah so so in terms of fab um I guess uh, LSV, famous uh, Magic Hall of Famer, um, got into Fab and on his YouTube channel, um, or maybe it was featured on Channel Fireball, I think, rather than his own YouTube channel. He had some Fab videos, and I thought the game just looked super, super cool. Um, I know I know the videos you're talking about. I got yeah, into the same ones, yep. Yeah, it was just so fun, like, watching him and Raptor play or, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Um, just like the back and forth and like kind of the grittiness of it, I really liked. Um, and the game just seemed really interesting. Like it, um, I, I guess one of the things that got me with like Hearthstone and I've tried a couple other games like like Shadowverse, um, they, they all kind of feel to me like magic, but it's like just a little bit different and has some gimmick or it's a bit watered down or, and I always kind of end up walking away and going like, why, why don't I just play magic like that's the game i've always played that's the game i fell in love with why do i want to play this other game that's like not quite magic 
Um, and, and it struck me right away that fab is is something unique and something different. And um, and when I started playing it with a friend, um, just like my friend and I picked it up, we, we were playing on TTS just to try it out. And yeah, right away it was like, this is so fresh, so different. The games are close. Um, you always feel like there's lots of decisions and lots of agency and um, the, the game is just so resonant. Like all the heroes feel like, like the warriors feel like a warrior. The ninja feels like a ninja. The ranger feels like a ranger. And I think that's like one of the things that's just so special about Fab and that I that I really really enjoy. So yeah, um, I guess kind of worked my way up as a limited player. Got into was starting to get into constructed magic before the pandemic, and then Fab came, and I kind of. I don't know. I just kind of got sucked in and, and never looked back. And and Fab's kind of the first game that's really kind of grabbed me for constructed. I think um, Magic. Uh-huh. It was always like not bad. I but I, I really enjoyed the limited experience. And don't get me wrong. I I love limited Fab. That is a huge passion for me. And the fact that the game has limited is a big selling point. But um, I've also really kind of learned to appreciate the the deck building and the deck construction in Fab and getting to. You know the the format doesn't get solved so fast without a digital client and there's a lot of room to kind of explore and uh-huh. dig in and try things out and and so yeah there's a lot to like about the game so you obviously are are, are very competitive in flesh and blood you did win the national championship of canada um how how did you transition from uh i suppose regular flesh and blood player and decide that you're gonna you're gonna take this to the to the next level to where you're at right now yeah, so I guess I have the kind of personality that I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily hyper competitive, but I tend to get very focused on things. I, I like to do well. Like I've I've played um, a lot of video games, and I really enjoy that like that experience of like trying to optimize and and get mastery over something and and, and improve and do better and and understand mm-hmm. things. So I think that kind of naturally pushes me to be maybe not like the spikiest player, but like a more competitive one. Um, the more I get into something, the more serious I tend to take it. And the more I want to learn all the ins and outs, like uh, I have a math background and I think that kind of like problem solving optimization stuff is is very appealing to me. Um, so I think that kind of came naturally and um, it, it, it is funny though. Like I, w- I was not a player that was flying to callings for example um i haven't actually been to a calling and i i didn't even actually win a pro quest there was only one pro quest in our area i hadn't traveled to other pro quests so like well while i was taking the game seriously i I wouldn't say i was super competitive and the only reason i actually ended up going to nationals is is one of my friends and one of my locals um jay he had gotten a qualification and he wanted to go but he wanted people to go with and so he had asked me um, if I would grind the XP leaderboard. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, I'm not going to make it. And he said, no, 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 I think you can. And he talked me into it as he's very good at doing. And, and so I did. And and I wound up going. And it was like a competitive event that I wanted to do well in, but I also wanted to have fun at. But um, winning, to some degree, came as a surprise to me. Like, I, I haven't... You know, like I, I've, I've, I guess in Magic, I've, I've day two G, GPs, I've top aided like local one Ks and stuff, but I never won a big event or anything. Uh-huh, so that was uh-huh. like my first major event that I won. So, um, I guess 
partially by accident, um, by having the right deck in the right time and, and the right meta, um, and and just putting in a bunch of reps and, and getting lucky with some of the some of the matchups. And yeah, I think a lot of things kind of went my way in in flesh and blood to to win nationals and like mm-hmm. kind of got there like partially through hard work, but partially just through through chance. Like it wasn't like I wanted to win. I wanted to do my best, but it wasn't like I went in and going like I'm a favorite to win. Like by any means, there was a lot of very good players there. So um yeah, and that's kind of jump started everything. Since Nats, I guess I kind of I kind of felt like, oh like, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe I can actually do this. And I've been taking it oh. I've been getting much more competitive and much more serious about it since then. And, and you know, like winning the pro cross kind of inf- uh, reinforced that and now going to the pro tour. So it's sort of, um, I, I hadn't expected to necessarily like have such a competitive outlook into this game, but it's kind of just where things have started taking me and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So as long as I'm enjoying it, I'm going to, you know, keep chasing it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, where, where was you? You won. You won with Lexi on uh, the national championship. Who, who was? What was? You had mentioned the right deck and the right meta. Uh, what? What about Lexi in that deck and that meta led you to uh, to picking her? Yeah. So um, I guess I always I always liked Ranger. Um, since Arcane Rays at Rising Days. I guess I guess I started around Crucible, but but still I I really enjoyed Azalea. I really enjoyed the mechanics. It was a favorite class of mine. And so when and I played I played her at Armory a bunch for a long time. So mm-hmm. when Lexi came out, I was immediately excited about her. Um I built her a whole bunch of different ways and constructed when exploring that early meta. And um in particular I had been exploring Ice a lot in in Blitz, which is kind of funny because I don't think that Ice Lexi is actually that well suited to Blitz, but when we, when the card when the cards first came out, I saw well she taxes defense reactions and, you know like Frostlock turns off zero costs and maybe all that stuff is like good into Ira who was a big deck at the time. So I kind of built this like Ice Lexi Blitz deck that I had been working on for pretty much like the whole time that Tales of Aria had come out. Mm-hmm. or had been out of it and then when i saw and I, but but she wasn't on my radar at all like i prism was my old main and classic constructed back in monarch and and i thought i was going to bring prism to nationals she seemed like a really good deck and then suddenly lightning briar just kind of exploded out of nowhere and when that happened i went well i played against not this exact briar list but i played against you know briar decks and blitz and the the Lexi deck that I have is really good against it. And this this deck has almost all reds. Like it like uh-huh. I just it looks like a good matchup to me. It makes sense that that's a good matchup. And and when I tried it, it was immediately apparent that it was incredibly favorable. Um I I have hardly lost a game to Lightning Briar as Lexi. I think uh-huh. like, lifetime record is somewhere in the like 30 to 1 or 25 to 1 kind of range. So um, yeah, it was it's just kind of like a a happy coincidence that my that my pet deck and blitz suddenly became very good in CC and and seemed like the deck to bring and and I was quite nervous about it just because it was like so off meta but I decided to go for it and I felt like it gave me the best chance at um, possibly winning the event so long as I could you know fight uh, fight against mostly briars and and that's exactly what happened I managed to avoid Oldham in the top eight and. Um, just capitalize on that 
prior heavy meta and just have a deck that was perfect for the moment. I think that, you know, even a little bit later as Oldham picked up steam, I might've had a lot harder time with the deck uh, running uh -huh. into more Oldhams that might shut me down, so. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I am on the opposite side of that record uh, on Lightning Briar into into Lexi. Uh, I was a Lightning Briar deck, and uh, Lexi's boogeyman can't uh, <laughs> can't get can't get over. Her. Um, how how closely do you, uh, you, you how closely do you follow the LSS news? Uh, do you uh, the Fab 2.0 uh, announcements and uh, things of the na that nature? How do you, are you you uh, do you have your 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 pulse on the on the on the game itself? I suppose, or you, do you focus a, a lot on things like the market and the collectability and uh, you know some of the controversies going on? Or you mostly try to put your blinders on and go on to the competitive uh, um. side of things. Like, does that does that affect some of the some of your thinking about the game and how you how you go about it? Uh, yes and no. Like, I'm, I'm definitely in touch. Um, I think it's hard to be as engaged with the game uh, as I am or care about the game as much as I do and, and not have that stuff at least partially on your radar. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely in touch with it. I also see a lot of it on, on Twitter and on Facebook, so you, you kind of bump into it. Um, but I also usually read, like, like when the new articles come out, I usually at least give them a gander and certainly something as big as Fab 2.0 I read through. So, um, so yeah, I definitely look at all of that stuff. Um, I think the collectability for me I'm sort of like I, I I feel like I'm a player, but and and that I think that playing is important. So I, I agree with that vision, but I also know that you know the economics of it and the model of it is um, is really important, and it needs to work for stores, not like not just not just players, but it, it also needs to work for stores. Like the stores need to be making money off it to want to carry the product. LSS needs to be making money off the product to be able to develop a game and and host events and and do all the wonderful things that they do. So, you know, I, I think, I guess if nothing else, I would say that um, I I like that LSS is thinking about this. I think it's really important. I like that they have a plan. Um, I'm going to try and put my faith into them that they are hopefully doing. The, the right things around the distribution and the collectability of it. I think that they've kind of, to me, it seems like they've struck a reasonable place of, you know, respecting like here, here are some fancy cold foils that are highly collectible, but making uh -huh. the product also widely available. So on the surface, it looks good, but it, it, it's hard to say until we, until we see it. And I think it's hard to really comment on the decisions being made when we have so little information, right? Like it's easy to look mm -hmm. at a yeah. Arcane Rising out of print announcement, but we don't know all the figures of how much is in distribution, how much is sitting on shelves at stores. Like I'm sure that LSS has thought about all of these things when they decide to stop printing a set of like, well, this much is selling, here's how much is out there, we'll probably stick around for this long. So I think it's a very complex topic and I'm inclined to give LSS the benefit of the doubt until, you know, um, uh -huh. until there's evidence to show that they, they haven't been managing it well, then, then I think that's the time to really worry about it. But, you know, I understand that people get worried about things that they care about, so. Sure, absolutely. Um, 
so obviously there's recently uh the band suspended list uh bef- before that the you know meta took a, a pretty solid shape uh uh coming into the pro quest season how did you feel about where it was uh from coming into pro quest season what was your what was your take on it what did you feel like was your hero your your best your hero that give you the best chance of winning leading up to uh this most recent ban and restricted it uh suspended announcement right so prior to the announcement i think it was pretty clear that the best the the big decks were viscerai prism and chain um or sorry starvo star <laughs> starvo viscerai mm-hmm. and prism with chain being sort of like a, a close yeah chains yeah chains right there yeah um and for a long time, I think I was definitely like a little bit of a naysayer of Starvo. I didn't completely buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think particularly like a lot of the aggro lists felt very beatable to me with um, with Prism in particular. And um, well, I thought that the deck was good. I didn't necessarily think it was. Um, I didn't think I didn't believe that it was as good as as I think it actually was in reality until the meta really kind of took shape and we saw things like the the calling Indianapolis and we saw uh, actually Michael Hamilton's list I was a huge fan of I thought it mm-hmm. made a lot of sense shored up a lot of the weaknesses was much more well rounded much more consistent and it was the first time that I picked up a Starvo deck and said actually this this deck feels really good. So I think that Starvo did develop into being the best deck, and while Prism was a good counter, she overall had like a little bit of a weaker matchup spread. Um, she could struggle, especially into Viscerai, as Viscerai was a very hard matchup. Um, and then for Viscerai, good into Prism, but struggles into Starvo. So I think while they were all very, very powerful and very strong heroes, it felt like Starvo just had the best was the most well-rounded he didn't have any matchup that was too unwinnable and while prism was unfavored it was still like he was definitely in the game so uh-huh. um starvo deck to beat prism and viscerai kind of a close second i think that interestingly as much as viscerai was maybe lacking results that he was maybe better than than people thought he was um i think that perhaps just some of the the difficulty of piloting that deck might have held it held it back from really performing and having a breakout event. Um, but oh. but yeah, I guess we won't we won't know for sure since that deck is in shambles now. So yeah, yep, yeah, it is it is dead or or viscerai. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, so did you did you happen to catch uh, the calling Taiwan? Did you see? Uh, I did event um, there. Yeah, um, I was watching it live. In fact, yeah, yeah, same as me. Uh, so when you, um, when you, when the, when the, uh, in the finals, obviously there was a, uh, there was a huge thing that happened. It looked, it looked subtle. It looked like the chat got a hold of it before the judges did. Um, but there was obviously uh, the end result was a disqualification of the event. So a little controversy going off there. Um, how do you feel about LSS's uh, reaction afterwards to that uh, disqualification? How about how do you uh, when you saw that initially? What were your thoughts on it and the subsequent consequence of that being a two-year suspension? How, what are your thoughts on uh, on their 
their penalty uh, at, at the high level of organized play. How do you how do you feel about that? Right. So when I saw it, I actually didn't notice it right away, but somebody I was watching with went, wait a second, that looked really weird, and then oh. clipped it, and sure enough, it, it was. And when I saw it, I was like, well, you know, that looks really bad. Um, it looks like a pretty clearly intentional cheat. I don't think it's... Like, I know in the past, players have been disqualified for things like having the pitch oriented the wrong way, and that that could be an honest mistake feasibly, but but you, you I don't think you can make this kind of... I, I don't think that this is something that can happen unintentionally. Basically, it, it seemed very practiced and it looked, yep. the, the the video evidence of it looked pretty damning. Um, I think that it is fantastic that we live in a time where that can get caught and that, you know, Twitch chat can get all over that and that we don't have to go back. I'm, I'm not saying that Chain was necessarily going to win that event, but but Hattie, we don't have to go back retroactively and kind of re-announce and do all of that. I'm glad it was dealt with so quickly, so I thought that was a huge positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LSS, LSS's response, um, I think it's reasonable. Uh, I definitely think something needed to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not two years is the appropriate amount of time, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been in the hyper-competitive TCG space long enough to have like a solid opinion about like what the right amount of time is, but I'm I'm glad that something is done. And for me, I guess this feels kind of like maybe close to like the bare minimum of like what I would be happy with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that allowing players a chance to reform is good. And I guess one thing I would be curious about is like what happened like what happens next like if there's uh-huh. a repeat offense what happens and, and things like that so uh-huh. um i do like that they've banned that, that or suspended that player um i i'm glad that they're being proactive about it i do partially wish they would give a little bit of like clarity or a little bit of direction or or something because they've just kind of quietly Mm-hmm. removed him from the um like they, they show the top eight uh the brackets and they've just like yeah. removed that player and yeah and i i know that the focus is on the winner like that player still won the event um you know don't want to take anything away from him mm-hmm. but um but i do kind of wish there was a little bit of just something to show that like yeah a little transparency we saw this, here's here's kind of our, like, what we're looking at in terms of, here, here's what we're thinking of, like, you know, um, where if there's future infractions, then maybe we'll increase the penalty. I'm sure they have, I'm sure they've thought about it, just the, the communication piece would be nice. Yeah. Um, so you are one of the flagship members, I would say, of the West Coast, Best Coast competitive uh, team league uh, yeah, flesh and blood competitive team league team in division two uh, in in the team league you guys are in the playoffs uh, right now tell me a little bit about your uh, experience is this your first season in in it um, give me a little uh, bit about your experience so far uh, how do you how do you like it how do you feel like everyone else is taking it around you do you take this seriously is this a uh, is this more of a fun thing uh, for this, or are you ready to stomp on some throats? How is how has Adam been as a uh, 
caster manager entity in in west coast best coast tell me tell me your thoughts on the, the competitive team league um yeah it's been a lot of fun um it, i've really enjoyed getting to play with just so many different players like sometimes it's hard to get um especially with all the the travel restrictions and covid restrictions that have been in place it's like it, it's sometimes hard to get out of your own little bubble you know what i mean like you, you get to uh -huh. play against your local scene and that's what you play against and i guess like i, I got to go to nats and play against the canadians but even like americans like i hadn't played against american players until like portland Procrust. so i've really enjoyed getting to see just like so many different players like some of them from germany some of them from hong kong like just from all over and and i'm excited to see like that continue as we go into pro tour and world so that's been like a huge highlight of the of the whole team league for me i think the format is really fun i enjoy having different heroes i think it lets us see more heroes than you would typically see at like um certainly at a calling of this same meta game we, we saw way more heroes just because of the restrictions in the format of the league um the team's been awesome i think there's a lot of strong players on our team um there's been a lot of uh camaraderie i guess amongst the players we've been helping each other out sharing each other on um, i know a lot of people have been testing together as well um so that's been kind of like a lot of a lot of players that that some of which i know and some of which are, are new to me uh coming together and getting to know each other and and that's like one of the best parts about our games so overall i'd say that this league has been a huge success um would definitely look at doing it again i think adam's been doing an awesome job i'm amazed that he's always there for just about every match that's some major dedication and um always getting people in to to cast different different people like yourself like eric um i've even guested on a video as well and and so yeah it's just the whole thing's been really positive and would definitely do it again um in terms of how serious it is i think for me right now it definitely is more on the casual side there's there's not really anything at stake i, I know that we can move up the division but until for me until there's something attached to that it's uh you know it, it's for fun it's for bragging rights mm -hmm. and um it's to get some good games of happen more than anything um yeah hell yeah and we gotta get the eye of Aphidia trophy <laughs> it looks it's gonna look just like this lombardi trophy in the super bowl i the video instead of football yeah it's, it's gold i, I tell you people will be flocking all over the world to play in this if we get the i have a video trophy uh, tyler if you're listening let's uh let's talk let's get <laughs> yeah. a, a a fab competitive team let's talk marketing going. let's do this <laughs> They have been looking at, I know every year, this is the second year it's happened, but he is, he, he like begs LSS for support and they, they recognize it, but one day, one day soon. Um, so the playoffs in this is under the, uh, the new meta as of May 2nd. Um, we, we have, uh, the banned and suspended list is in effect. Um, beyond just the, the 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 team league um how do you feel uh about this uh the banned and suspended list uh that lss came out with um, um and you know what let's uh we'll go i'm gonna ask you individually about uh 
the stuff. So we'll break down the uh, the ban list uh, first. So on Classic Constructed, effective May 2nd, um, we have Awakening is banned. Uh, we have Autumn's Touch is suspended until Bravo Star of the Show becomes Living Legend. Blood Sheath Skeleta is suspended until Viscerai Runeblood becomes Living Legend. Seeds of Agni moves from banned to suspended until Chain Bound by Shadow becomes Living Legend. Um, when that when that was announced, uh, what were your thoughts and how do you how do you feel it 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 changes the meta uh, right now? Yeah. Um... I was glad that they moved up the band and suspended announcement for starters. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they did that and and gave us all a little bit more time. I think that a lot of the changes make sense. Um, I think that awakening kind of does violate some of the principles of the game. Just having like such a big pivot turn for so few resources um, just feels kind of fundamentally not flesh and blood, at least to me. Um, so I think that's a good card to to go. Um, Autumn's Touch is a very funny one uh, for me, just because um, one of my good friends and one of the locals, Jay, had been going on for weeks about how Autumn's Touch is what they should ban from Starbo. <laughs> so when it actually happened, um, it, it was it was a good laugh. We we all really enjoyed that. So to Jay with that prediction, um, yeah. I guess starting with those two, um, I was cautiously optimistic about it. I do think it has opened the door a little bit for other decks. Um, I, I thought initially it might open the door more. I thought that in particular, um, the very controlling, like kind of Michael Hamilton-esque decks would be maybe hurt a little bit too much by it. Uh-huh. Um, after testing more, I think that those decks are still quite good and can still block surprisingly well off the back of D-Reacts and off the back of Crown and off the back of, um, uh, what's the shield? Rampart as well, or Stalagmite. So mm-hmm. the, the deck is still very much alive and kicking. Um, I think it still might be the deck to beat. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's probably not as far above the rest as it used to be. I think it, it does need to kind of choose of, does it want to lean more into the prism matchup or does it want to lean more into the chain matchup? And there's a bit of tension there, um, like the more defensive versus more aggressive uh, list. And I think that that tension is healthy for the deck. So I'm hopeful that maybe we'll see some decks attacking it at, um, at the PT. But I also do think that in some ways, not that much has changed. Um, the deck's still very good. I think that Prism will still be represented as a counter to that deck. Um, not a hard counter, but but a favorable matchup. And um, Chain was already good. Chain continues to be good. Chain's probably going to pick up some metagame share with uh, Viscerai being pretty heavily gutted. Um, I don't think the deck is dead by any means, but I I don't I don't see it being a player in this metagame. The aggro strategy is just not particularly good into Starvo. And losing the Skeleta is just just a huge hit on power. Um, but I do think that like a, there is an aggro Viscerai list out there that once Starvo leaves the meta and um, opens and and more avenues are open to aggressive strategies, I think I think we might see Viscerai coming back. I think that that deck can can still do things. I don't think it's all over for for Viscerai, but um, 
for now, I don't expect to see him at the PT. Um, in terms of the ban, though, for Skolita, um, it's funny, right? Um, I, I think that on one hand, it's a card that I was definitely vocal about saying that it, this, this card does too much. Um, the amount of resources it could generate and the card advantage engine it could form with Sonata was just wild. Um, and especially on some of the like aggro viscerai turns where you just have um, Rebel and then you go Rebel into Sonata out of nowhere and draw three cards. And it was just, it, it was unreasonable. Um, so I think it's overall net positive that that card's gone. I do find it a little bit funny that Starbo's left mostly intact and Viscerai is the one that suffers a little bit more. So that part is perhaps a little bit of a miss, but uh -huh. I'm not too worried about it. I think that um, even if Viscerai ended up being okay in this metagame, once Starbo's gone, that deck is going to take over. Like it, that, that, that card is going to have to go, or, or or Sonata is going to have to go, and um, I think it makes a lot of sense that they handled it that way. So, so you are. Uh, so, do you think do you think enough was done uh, with the ban list? I I'll I'll say my opinion of it. Um, it matters less, but it, it's. Uh, I feel like the win percentage, like the matchups between the top three, um, I feel like they got a little more even and all they did was take Viserai out and put Chain in. But I think there's still, it seems like the that top three is solidified and is gatekeeping everybody else. What do you, what do you think about how the new meta is shaping up? Um, I tend to agree. I think that in some ways, the metagame feels the same. In some ways, I might prefer the old meta more just because I liked Viscerai, and Viscerai was a deck I might have taken. But oh, um, oh. Uh, personal preferences same. aside, um, yeah, I, I don't think that much has really changed. I think the meta is largely the same, which is a bit disappointing. Um, in some of my early testing, I was having quite a bit of success um, on, uh, on a Lexi deck into in particular the aggro starvo and doing also okay into chain and into prism um i was quite high on the deck and very excited about it but um i, I don't think that the the, the control starvo matchup is just not salvageable um that uh -huh. deck's ability to block despite having so many two blocks is, is unreal um the, yeah, just the staunch turn timber, block with a card and crown. You block like 19 damage. It's just, it, it, yeah, it's it's a little bit much to me. Um, I realize I'm probably biased as a Lexi player, but I, I I feel like there may be a little bit of an issue um, with Elemental Guardian in general. Um, I think that Oldham might also be a problem, even though Prism is a very good counter. I think that. Uh -huh. The, the sheer amount of defense that he has puts the game in a funny spot where it's very hard to play aggressive strategies into him. And if aggressive strategies get strong enough to go over the top of him, I don't know that that's good for the game either. Like you, you oh. don't want aggro decks killing each other in two turns. I don't, I don't think that's an ideal place to be in the game. So I, I, I do think that um, something about that defensive package is just a little bit too high value and um, I do feel like Starvo in particular is kind of really the main one gatekeeping the format. I think that Chain is very targetable and very beatable and what really makes him the premier aggro deck 
is that he has the most armor to deal with Starbo. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's the only thing giving him his spot in the metagame. I think that take that away, there's a lot of decks that can compete. Um, and I think that Prism's metagame place is almost entirely as a counter to Starbo. Um, I think that there's a like Chain and a lot of other aggro decks that I think are maybe not as favored as some people would believe. I think Prism has has game into them, but I, I don't think that Prism is is oppressing or particularly problematic for a lot of these aggressive strategies. So um, while Prism is kind of a top dog, it's it's off it's off it's largely off the back of Starvo being so good and there needing to be a deck to, to challenge that deck. So yeah, um, I'm I'm hopeful that you know once Starvo rotates out, that hopefully the metagame will be more lively. I hope that Oldham doesn't end up being too much of a damper on things, but um, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned Starvo's power. If we go back to the uh, the last two games over on the uh, the the West Coast Best Coast uh, versus Galaxy Gaming, both of those matchups were. Prism versus Starvo, and I believe both of them kind of ended very similarly. And it seemed like the that slower Starvo build just had not enough answers in into that Prism. Is that more indicative of uh, perhaps specific card choices that those players were making, or sideboard decisions, and more more on uh, uh, towards their play style? Or do you think that that is kind of how that matchup is? supposed to lay out at this point um yeah it, it definitely depends on the starvo list i think that the aggressive starvo lists can get there but are maybe not the most consistent into prism if they if they are very aggressive um and they they hit well they can they can win um but i think that the control the control deck is actually fairly consistent into Prism and that the matchup is actually quite tight. I think it's probably Prism favored, but if I had to assign percentages, I'd say like maybe 55-45 for Prism, maybe 60-40 to Prism at best. Like it's it's far from unwinnable. Um, but it does require the Starvo to play close to perfectly. They need to make mm-hmm. very good decisions about which auras to attack and when. Um, I think that playing like cards that help you deal with those auras like time skippers and like blink become really important when your deck is not so focused on fusing and and you have to play a slower game you kind of need to be able to stay on top of those auras and um yeah so i I think it's very winnable but it, it just kind of ultimately comes down to how well is the prism able to uh kind of get momentum and keep it if they're able to get a large number of spectral shields and protect them from dominate with defense reactions that can be a route to victory or if they're able to double aura again and again and again and again it can really bury the starvo on the other hand um i think there's also definitely games where starvo can just play it slow take it step by step and just completely run the prism out of auras and out of threats um so yeah, I, I think it really depends on on how exactly the cards line up and how how the matchups played. Um, but the the matchups closer than than some people might think for sure. Yeah. So you are both getting ready for the pro tour. 
are you are you getting how what is your preparation like uh, coming into the pro tour so you you won the national championship of canada you have a pti are you using that pti to go to the pro tour um or using the you, you have a pro quest as well right um uh, yeah i drove i drove down to portland and won uh fab foundry's pro quest down there so excellent excellent I'm qualified that way and i'm able to save the other invite for uh for worlds hopefully that's the plan yeah you're definitely saving it for worlds yeah, excellent excellent so uh, coming into uh so obviously you've known you're going to the pro tour for some time there's things have been kind of in flux a little bit with uh what cards would be in what cards would been out uh but now you know everyone is getting ready so what mm-hmm. are you doing to get ready and uh and go into the pro tour how what is your you don't have to spill all the secret sauce, but you know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, playing a lot of games, uh, talking some amount of theory with a variety of players, trying to get a variety of opinions and kind of put my feelers out and kind of get a little bit of a feel for what people think is going to happen. It's, it's a really hard one to read with such a, with such a fresh format. Um, like as much as as much as I think things have maybe not changed, we still haven't had like a big event with results that have like really solidified a metagame. And I think that compared to the calling Indianapolis, which you kind of knew exactly what to expect, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a few curveballs. And I think there's some questions of in particular, which Starvo list is the most popular? Do people think that the control deck is the way to go? Or do people think that the aggro deck is the way to go? And depending on which one of those shows up in full force and which one of those rises to the top is the other part, it could really affect um, what that winner's metagame looks like and what the decks that ultimately end up being successful at the event are. So it's a tricky one to prepare. There's a lot of kind of give and take. It's hard to, you kind of know what the big decks are, but you don't know who's going to, exactly who's going to beat who and what the proportions are going to be. So that part is tricky. Um, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. Um, been trying to test as much as I can, um, variety of decks. Um, we kind of started with some of the the biggest decks to get a feel for, first of all, is, is Starvo still good? Yes, it is. Um, yep. Yep how does chain and prism fit into the equation do we want to play one of those decks or do we want to bring something else um, that can maybe deal with all three or or two of the ones that we're most worried about so that's been kind of the process um a lot of games um just recently i've been getting up early with uh zane fellow fellow west coast best coast member um, uh-huh. and we've been playing games at, uh, 5.30 in the morning, which has been, <laughs> yeah, uh, not my favorite time to play, but also the events on the East coast. And that's about when we're going to be having to get up and, and be playing flesh and blood and mm-hmm. seeing uh-huh. as how tired and how hard that's been for me right now. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that we're doing that practice, even though I get up very begrudgingly every morning. <laughs> Now that brings up a good point. Do you, um, <clears throat> how much are you, do you feel like the, uh, there's a physical and mental preparation part of this going outside of play testing? You know, we, we the, the, both the calling and the pro tour are 
these, you know, the long events we're talking, you know, I'm not sure the specific structure. I think there's something that's like seven rounds in day one before a top cut. That is at least that's, you know, that's seven plus hours likely without a break, uh, you know, go, and that's just day one. Uh, what are you doing and what are your thoughts on, on going into like a large, large scale tournament with that kind of, uh, endurance requirement uh, going into that, and and what are what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare for that aspect of it? For sure, um, I, I think that there is some prep and consideration that goes into that. Um, part of that is if you're able to. I think um, having long testing sessions where you play a lot and you you do get used to playing like many games in a row can be helpful. Um, I think that making sure that you know come the event you're you're well rested is important and that's part of the reason i've been trying to just shift my sleep schedule um to be a little bit earlier so that i'll be you know kind of more accustomed to the time zone i think that, that can be quite important especially for people traveling from overseas it's just such a huge shift in time for them uh -huh. um of at the event eating well um, staying hydrated are super important. I always, always bring food, something that is like granola bar or fruit or something, something packable, but also good for you and healthy, I think oh. is uh, super important and something that I always do for, for big events, because the last thing you want to do is be starving or be really, really thirsty and just not able to nourish yourself and take care of yourself. Um, uh -huh. It, it does add up and and you might think that you can power through it but um you know round after round decision after decision you're it, it will start to affect you and and i think just making sure that you've done that's important and um on that note i think as much as prep and as much as jamming games is great you do need to make sure that you um you have a few breaks in there and that you you don't burn yourself out either so um that's something i'm feeling a little bit definitely feeling a little bit of burnout and i'm probably going to just take um maybe friday or saturday to myself and just uh -huh. spend that time with family with loved ones and just relax a little bit before getting back to it and i think giving yourself the opportunity to like yeah you want to practice yeah you want to give yourself the the best chance to do well but you also want to make sure that you're not so tired from that practice that you can't perform at the actual event. Absolutely. Now, do you um, do you feel are you are you at a point in your testing where you you feel like you've made made your deck choice, or are you still kind of up in the air a little bit? Uh, where are you in that respect? I I think I have begrudgingly made a deck choice. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of, we kind of, uh, some of my testing group and I were talking last night and we're kind of at this point where when the event is less than 10 days away, uh -huh. there's not that much time. And while we might be able to get a better deck if we spend more time kind of waffling and exploring options, if we don't have reps on it, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Um, right. so just kind of committing to something, um, I wish I was. I wish I could say I was really excited about the meta, but um, it, it does feel a little bit uh, not as fresh as I had hoped. Um, and 
Yeah, I'm sort of in this funny spot where I, I think that there's some very good choices. I think that both Starvo and Chain look very good, but I, I think I've pretty much decided that I'm not going to be on one of those decks just because um, because because I think they do have the best matchup spreads. I think that Prism has some vulnerabilities to to aggro decks and it has a little bit weaker matchups in a few spots, whereas um, Chain and Starvo are just like a little more well-rounded, a little more resilient. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, I don't think I can play those decks. I don't think I have enough time to learn a deck like that and to compete yeah. at the highest level. There's lots of people who have been playing Chain and, and Starvo for, for months now. And right, right. Um, to think that I can pick that up and, you know, just take, well, I can take Michael Hamilton's list and sub out some Autumn's touches for some worse cards and, and hope that I can, you know, eventually maybe beat him or somebody at his caliber is, is right, uh, I think, right. a little bit over-optimistic. So definitely kind of looking to lean into my strengths as a player and play something that, that I know, um, but I also think is well enough positioned. So You know, are you, uh, are you concerned about any... Uh, is there any dark horses in the meta that you might be concerned with that have an outside shot, have perhaps a, a, a solid matchup into one or more of these tier one decks uh and if they you know if they navigate correctly could possibly see some action and you know day two and beyond maybe um never say never i think there's a possibility um i i would be quite surprised though to see something besides probably the big three of starbo Viscerai, oh, sorry, Starvo, Chain, or Prism uh, mm -hmm. do well. Um, maybe Briar. I could maybe see Briar. I, I don't know that Briar is quite a dark horse, but it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't shock me if Briar did okay. I don't. I don't think the deck is fantastic, but I think it, it can do some powerful things. Um, the closest thing to a dark horse is like maybe Dash, maybe Lexi, but I think both of those decks have real problems. I think that mm -hmm. there's certain matchups that are just very difficult and it is hard to I, I don't think there's very many decks that can account for Runeblade, Illusionist, and Elemental Guardian all yeah. at the same time. I think you right. can pick one or two, um, but you cannot mm -hmm. it's very hard to beat all of them and maybe somebody will make a really awesome metagame read and and uh maybe you know just so, only some of those decks will be at the top tables and they'll be able to farm them and that would be exciting to see, but I'm not personally expecting it. Heard it here first. Raiden Bolton coming back. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that uh, you're probably going to take the day off for yourself uh, Friday or Saturday. What does Yugi like to do for fun? When I'm well, right now it's a lot of card games. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not playing card games, I I like the outdoors a lot. Um, I go in the winter i love going skiing i've been skiing pretty much my whole life uh, mostly downhill skiing um i like hiking snowshoeing camping backpacking not gonna do such an ambitious trip but maybe get outdoors a little bit um even just like going for a walk is is really nice um, i've always loved kind of being active and being outdoors so i might like to do something like that um might also just look to catch up with people. I find it hard to balance, you know, work and card games and uh -huh. everything else. So, um, you know, visiting with friends and family, uh, 
watching movies or playing playing board games sometimes um, are all things I enjoy as well. Awesome, awesome. What is your favorite food? Oh, I have to pick one. Um, you can you can you can have a top five, top ten, <laughs> however you want to do this. What do you so, like? To eat? Um, yeah, I, I love food. Um, I like cooking. I used to I used to work in restaurants uh, as a chef for a while. Um, so food is a major passion That's of mine. Yeah, we found the question right. <laughs> I, I like, um, I mostly like, I especially like Asian cuisine. Uh, I'd say like Chinese and Japanese cuisine are oh, some of my oh. favorites. Um, in terms of favorite food, I th think maybe like sablefish or black cod, it's sometimes called, is probably my favorite food. Um, I like seafood in general, but that, that fish is just uh, unbelievably yummy. The texture is, is perfect. It's so buttery. It's great. If anyone hasn't tried it, would highly encourage you to. And uh, try it at a Japanese restaurant. Their miso black cod is pretty good. Where do you, where can you find the best miso black cod oh, in your area? Geez, I don't know about the best. It's pretty good everywhere, honestly. Um, oh. Pressure's yeah. on. Just any, Honestly, anywhere that has miso black cod must be know what they're doing. You know, most places are pretty good. Um, sometimes I just buy it at uh, Fujia, which is like a local Japanese um, market, I guess. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and they have some like prepared, like marinated ones that you can just take home and cook. And, and that's really yummy. You can make it at home, look up a recipe. It's very, very simple. Um, yeah, it's mostly just about like the flavors and just having a nice piece of fish. And I think that the fish one of the nice things about it is it's super forgiving it has so much it, it's like a fattier fish and it um it doesn't dry out that easily so most places can't go too far wrong unlike some other seafood where it can get pretty dry well yuki it has been a pleasure having you here um at this point if you have anything that you would like to plug uh by all means let's have that out there it, give us your socials uh, and anything you want to say the floor is yours uh, thanks so uh, again thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys um, shout outs yeah shout out to the local Vancouver scene um, as well as you know all of West Coast Best Coast and and a lot of the Canadian scene in general I think that there's a lot of um, collaboration between players from different regions and, and camaraderie there that's that's really awesome um, what else? Shout out to um, you guys for being an amazing, such amazing hosts and like organizing our team for the team league. I think that's like been a ton of fun and I really appreciate all the work that's gone into that. Um, for anybody looking to um, follow me or anything like that, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Yuki Lee Bender. You should be able to find me on there. I also write for red riot games occasionally although i've been on a little bit of a hiatus just been really focused on uh, getting ready for the pro tour but uh, more content should be going up soon and i do continue to i do plan to continue writing with them so you'll see more articles in the future awesome excellent well thanks for coming on appreciate it yes thanks thank you me. so much yuki i think the only thing left to do is uh is plug our stuff adam so uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at the Combat Chain. You can find myself at 
Pat Smash Good. And you can find Adam at Tomfoolery TCG. Uh, you can be sure to like and subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel uh, to see our ever-growing content. Uh, and you can find us uh, you can find the audio of our podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, be sure to click the link below for our Patreon. And, uh, of course, we had mentioned earlier we are giving away our Heralds of Rebirth to the first 15 members who subscribe to the founding Link of the Combat Chain tier uh, on our Patreon. And that, of course, will also link you to our Discord. Uh, thanks again for our special guest uh, to our special guest uh, Yuki Lee Bender for coming on. Do we want? Do we? We're gonna try to do the outro. We're gonna do the. We're gonna do the thing, Yuki. We're gonna do the thing. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna lead it for the first time. All right. So, uh, we're probably gonna like take this little chunk and put it onto onto the very end. But we conclude the episode every time with. A, a mess that lo- sounds good in post because Adam ed- edits it. But uh, I'm going to say until next week. And then we're all going to say we are closing the combat chain. Uh, and that's going to be our, our outro. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. All right, guys, that should do it for us. Uh, thank you, Yuki, for coming on. And I think that wraps it up. So until next week, we're closing the combat chain. Ah, it's like a symphony in my ears. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah.